0: Hi everyone and welcome to The Sound Seed. This is a branch of the Women's Fellowship in Manchester called The Seed. We aim to uproot lies and plant the truth through conversation. We have a sister fellowship in London. You can find out more information about this on www.lovelimitless.com. So let's begin. You love You love it. You look strong. You look gorgeous. You look strong. Strong
1: black. Oh, I don't yeah. believe that. <laughs> I, but that's
2: not my no. Aha! Welcome to another episode of the stuff. Anyone chasing you? I don't care. I'm finished.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Sound Seed Podcast. Um, I'm. Aramide, your host today, and I am joined by three lovely ladies. Would you like to introduce hey, throwing gang signs? Um, would you like to introduce yourselves?
2: Hello guys, I'm Shewa. <laughs> I got in before Babe, but hi guys, nice to meet you all again.
0: Hi guys, it's me, you know, I can't. The one and only fame. Okay. Um, so <laughs> um
1: welcome ladies and gents and everyone. Yeah, just welcome. Um, so today we really enjoyed um discussing the hundred questions before I do. I believe that's the that's the name of the book, um, in the last episode. And so we decided that hey, let's just continue. So um regardless of where you are in your life whether you're dating whether you're not dating married separated whichever one these are really good questions that you can ask your friends your family your partner um and just to make sure that we give praise where it's due. um this ebook is written by a married couple, actually, Joshua and Bami Kamalache. You can find the book on their website. And it's really blessed us. And, of course, we thought, why not just share a bit more of it with you today? And these are questions that are really important, but you might not have actually asked your partner. Because okay. you might not think that it's an important question. Um, you might not think it's an important question to ask. So, ladies, I have a question for you. Go on. Would you
2: sign a prenup? A pre, sorry.
1: <laughs> immediately, no. <laughs> he said immediately, no. I've seen what I needed to see, but yeah. Would you sign a prenup? No. Why not?
2: Because it doesn't make sense to me. Because, okay, what a prenup is, just to kind of get the definition right, right, it's something to protect your assets before we get, whatever you've built up before we got married, mm-hmm. that is what's protected. Right? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and during, I believe.
2: Oh, I guess there's a different ones. Some is like during. So during togetherness, when we're together, whatever you make, even in a marriage, is protected. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that means you don't love me, because I don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why you asked me to sign a prenup. <laughs> no, but I because if you're coming, if we're coming together, we're literally coming to merge our lives together, right? So it's no longer this is mine and this is yours and this is a space that's mine, this is, this is a my belonging and this is your belonging. And I guess also the bigger thing is that the prenup is, is protecting you for us to get separated or divorced at some point. And I think in my head, I'm not thinking that would happen, but of, I know it can happen. But that's not what I'm going into the marriage thinking. I'm going to at some point get separated with you. Um, I don't know. If I think for me, it just really feels like there's one thought that's outside that's not fully committed.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, when it comes to this prenup discussions, that's that's my initial thoughts. What about you,
0: Faith? Um, I will have to decline. <laughs> uh, there is no way. <laughs> In a way, but. I've actually had a friend, we've had this discussion and I remember the first time he was like, you know, he would, he would actually have a prenup. I can't imagine a man asking me to sign a prenup because it's confusing, bruv. It wasn't (laughs) you're preparing for our (laughs) divorce. (laughs) don't understand. (laughs) I actually don't get it. Like you're already, we're not even married. We're never married yet. You're already planning for our divorce. Let's just not marry. Do you get? Mm. we'll just not get together because what's the point you're already preparing for us to separate you know and not be together anymore so um no I wouldn't sign the prena because I just feel like especially as a woman I'm called to submit to a man and my, my desire is to literally do that do you get what I mean mm-hmm. so my desire is to follow your lead you can't ask me to be joined to you, to submit to you, but you don't want to submit your finances and your assets. Do you know what I mean? You still want to keep these things from me. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand how how I'm then how I am then expected to submit everything and to come completely under your authority, on, on your guide, you know, hopefully you'll be under God's authority. But I don't understand how I'm supposed to do that. But you're keeping this on the side from me just in case, you know, we just, we don't work out. So, no, I wouldn't sign a prenup. It's not my thing. Okay, interesting. So, okay, aside from the two of you, for
1: Christians all over, would you say that it's an unchristian thing to do to sign a prenup?
0: I think there's no biblical, based on what, how much I've read in the Bible, I don't think there's like a command against it. Mm-hmm. But we are called to, a woman is called to submission and a man is called to love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't see what is loving about posing a prenup to your wife. And I don't see what is submissive about proposing a prenup to your husband. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, when I think about these things, I try to think about them in, in how the Bible has called us to, to relate to one another. And the Bible says that a man will leave his mother and his and his um, father and go to his wife and the two shall become one, one. They shall be joined together. Meaning what is yours has now become mine. Because in mm-hmm. every decision I now make, you are, are at the forefront of that, right? In every every penny that I make, you spend that with me. I do not spend money in isolation to you, nor do I own money in isolation to you because we are now one. Everything that we do, we do together. I don't see how a prenup, based on my understanding of what a prenup is, I don't see how that is people coming together and being one. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. how I would say, is that mm-hmm. looking at it. Um, but I don't want to say, oh, it's wrong. Nor do I want to say it's okay. Um, I think you need to be able to to really um, discern whether this is loving and whether this is a submissive act um, in your unit. That's mm-hmm.
1: interesting. I think I also share the same sentiment as you. Um, but I do think that in the sense of like, if my fiance was like, let's sign the prenup, up, it's either you even if you mention it and you decide to take it off the table, I will still be suspicious of you. Um, because it's why is that what you're thinking of? Um because surely would you not want to share it? like the idea of like us becoming one, why would you then decide that? you're already foreseeing separation. Yeah. But I do think that I'm not completely against it for other couples. Oh, shall I want to say something?
2: Yeah, I think I think for me, I guess the bigger question the bigger thing for me like if we do separate, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's how, how much would your mind have changed about me as in for you to think that it's a good thing to separate your finances as well from me. Does that make sense so i think in my head i'm thinking okay a point a points about to get married we're in love oh my gosh this is gonna be the one for me da, 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 da. um and then okay you're thinking the, you're thinking at the point of divorce i would not want you to have hold of the things that i have made or the things that i have in my head i'm i'm trying to see the switch it's like how would you take how would you go from that point to that point um and i think if
1: you're be- already divorcing somebody that you are married to i think there's something would have already changed where your heart and mind you've decided that you no longer want to do life with them so that's then a bigger question of what's changed between Mm -hmm. between because some people they could have a prenup and they could decide that actually I still want to give you my share like I still want to share my finances with you I'm not leaving you out with nothing in the sun, some people might still make that decision, but some people might decide that they want to cut everything and run away.
2: The only mm. reason
1: why I might be for, not might be, I'm for in some exceptional circumstances, it's because um, I read a story, and this is one of the things that prenups um, protect, and um, which I personally think is important, are uh, is is debt and stuff like inheritance and ha- assets. So there was a story of a lady, which is a true story, by the way, who she and her partner had a prenup. And then later on in his life, he had a long term illness and he ended up passing away. And this is in America where you don't get free healthcare, And so their debt had accumulated so much so that if she didn't have a prenup, her inheritance that she got from her family and anything that her kids would get would have gone into paying for that debt. Mm -hmm. meaning that not only would they have been left fatherless and a woman without her husband, but they will also have nothing, like financially. But because she had a prenup, they were able to still protect from... she She didn't have to pay off that debt with her inheritance and something could have actually gone to their family and to the rest of their kids. In those situations, that's why I'm like, okay, if let's say, obviously we live in the UK, that's slightly different in the terms of, like, you have free access to healthcare, that wouldn't be something that we think about in terms of, like, would I have the funds to... If, let's say, you were seven figures in financial debt, for example, in a country like America, where having a baby can cost you 20K, and that's what... I don't know many labours that go over a week, but if you have a long-term health condition that spans years, not only... Is there going to be pressure within the family that someone's unwell that's different, but also the repercussions of that and how that's going to follow your parents and their kids till they die in terms of having to pay that off. And it was when I heard that perspective, it made me think it's not always because people are looking for ways to get out of marriages, um, because it's not guaranteed that everyone who gets a prenup is someone who gets divorced, Mm -hmm. who gets divorced. But I think if you were, if you look at the circumstances around you, it could actually be an act of love, of you doing your due diligence to make sure that your family is protected for, yeah. if you're not able to do that.
2: That's a that's a very different. Tip. But like I said, that yeah. is
1: I'm not I'm not saying that everyone then let's now run to the lawyer's yeah. office and All sign right. in prenups. But I'm saying if you look at the circumstances around you, it's a it could be a preventative measure. Yeah. Same where you get car insurance. Anyone that's getting car insurance, they're not getting in the car with the hopes of running someone over or dying in their car. Um, but if they were to do that, there's something that can not only protect, um, not only protect you, um, but also protect the other person as well.
0: Well, those are my thoughts. Is, is it possible to get like a special type of prenup where it's like, it just covers I, <laughs> I mean, I don't
1: know. I'm not a professor um but i know that there are I, I just think i think sometimes when we hear it i think it's because obviously we've seen it used in insidious means um with people who just want to just be out and there, not really committed to marriage you don't think that marriage is a is a is a full thing by itself like it's just something you do for for a short period of time whilst your partner still excites you and then you dip um but i think especially for christians actual christians right because what we're seeing is alien to people who aren't christians but to actual christians i wouldn't be against it if someone was to propose that but obviously like i said it's an exceptional thing based on the circumstances that are around you if
0: in the uk i wouldn't see a reason for it um but i think i get it i think i would i I would still find it very difficult to sign one okay that's fair and I think I think the argument that you that you raise is is a good one. And I think if a man approaches it like that, I, I can see it and understand it. But I feel like if there are other things that we can put in place, and that's like like um, like health insurance, you know, and other things. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm in the UK, and I that's I what I'm saying. Like in the UK, stuff. I wouldn't get I wouldn't get why you're asking to sign a prenup. But I'm yeah. saying that
1: if a Christian elsewhere in a different part of the world where they don't have easy access to healthcare, where people are in 600K in debt because of medical reasons, 800 millions, no amount of work, toiling, hustling. I mean, even if you're able to pay that off, what do you have left to care for your family?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I yeah. hear it. I hear it. That That might be the case for many people in the States, to be honest. We don't know. Um, so they they might have prenups because of these reasons, well um, and I think because of that, so many other things that you would you you would really need to know the person that you are dating mm-hmm. and involved with to be to trust the intention behind the prenup, right? Absolutely. Um, and I think because of that, so many other questions would have to be asked. You would need to understand their financial mind, how they see finances to begin with. If it's someone that's reckless with their finances but they want you to sign prenup um, and then they claim it's because of, you know, I'm trying to protect you, well, but you're not even protecting me with your finances right now. The prenup doesn't make sense. Do you get what I mean? So just taking all these little things into consideration as well to be able to know that actually I know that you are a responsible man with your finances right now so I can understand that you're also responsible in trying to protect me in the future with the with the prenup mm-hmm, um, of and you're not trying to protect so yeah I hear that I hear that
1: yeah I think it's a touchy subject regardless of the circumstances um but I'm not entirely against it that's just that's my stance Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Another question is, I guess because we've kind of touched on health, would you ask your spouse, or your, not even your spouse because they're not your spouse yet, your boyfriend, your fiance, about their medical history? <laughs> every disease, every infection. <laughs> 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 would you ask them?
2: the first day with the doctor's report and then <laughs> so once um,
1: do you have we, an and exchange. Also, we,
2: an exchange and we just start looking okay yeah.
1: and also um i guess stuff like hiv status hemoglobin genotype will those be questions that you would you would ask well actually are those questions that you would ordinarily even think to ask anyway
2: no i've never asked or thought to ask someone if they've got hiv or i guess like a current illness like even if it's like something like cancer so I would assume that the person will be up front with certain things like that but I think we're the ones that partake but I asked about medical history it's, yeah we'll go to the doctors we'll, we'll do a checkup together <laughs> you know what I mean as no, in, I think
1: but not every medical not everything is as obvious so soft like some people might be less inclined to talk about a history with schizophrenia, psychosis you know depression okay. anxiety.
2: This is the one I'm marrying,
1: right?
2: Yeah, but I'm. Yeah. yeah, So, so we'll have to talk about these things before we get. As in, like, so there isn't any. This is just my thing to keep, regardless of what you've gone through in the past, or even still going through right now. Mm-hmm. Whatever illness that you're going through, we're about to get married, or we're engaged, or about to get engaged, or whatever it is in that sense. Um, I would need to know, and vice versa. I, I would think because I'm telling this person the same thing. It would be that oh yeah so what's what's your mental health been like over the past years if we had even one of the questions is, have you had depression have you been through anxiety what has that been like are you going through that now um because there are things that affect how we relate to each other and if i'm meant to be with you and serve you in the right way i need to know how to do that best um and also to make certain informed decisions whether or not um it's something i can actually handle as well i think sometimes it's kind of that assumption that okay whatever it is. As Christians, and maybe this is where I'm still thinking about: you should be able to handle everything that someone else brings to you. Um, but can I? Can I do that? Can I? Am I the best person to do that for you? Um, and if I'm not, then let's address it. Does that make sense? But yeah, I think there's certain there are certain medical questions that are for me um more obvious to ask than other ones. For example, a key one is for me is um you mentioned it the hemoglobin genotype because then that would just determine whether or not we can even proceed to a a next stage or not um so I think depending on what key factors Noreen yourself are the things you're going to ask
1: yeah actually can I ask just before we move on to faith would a sickle cell genotype whatever it is like whichever what which AAS whatever it is would that be reason enough for you to break off an engagement with someone (laughs) <laughs> you know what i think that i asked that question too prematurely faith do you want to share your take
0: the answer to that question for me is yes 100 because i am ss so it's impossible <laughs> for me to now say okay. that i want to go marry ss or marry as it just doesn't make sense um so and it's difficult because that oftentimes people don't even know the answer to these questions. Um, mm. Even, even, and I'm glad that you brought it up, like things like depression, anxiety, like people oftentimes haven't even um, given language to what they're experiencing, let alone to mm-hmm. be able to now share that with you, right? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes people get married and what they thought was just a personality trait mm-hmm. is actually... Uh, um, a symptom. Yeah, a symptom, you know? But it wasn't exposed because you know, they go home and they go into their room and then they spend time by themselves yeah. and no one's there to see that. Yeah. But now you're married, your husband's dead 24-7. And mm. he's seeing the mid swings. He's seeing the highs and the lows. He's seeing you crying because you're stressed. Mm. And he's like, sis, that's not normal. But for you, it's, that's your life. That's what you've always been through, you know? Yeah. So now you have to start dealing with that and you have to actually start working through mm. it because oh, this is actually a problem, it's not normal. But I just never knew because I've always just kind of been like this. Right. Um, so and I would definitely ask those questions, but I think it's also important to understand that people may not know. So they may not be able to answer the questions directly, but I think even just probing um, when, when we see certain things that, oh, or how come you feel this way? Or I saw you reacted in this way. What you know, spurred on that reaction. Yeah. Um. So through that, you can also discover other things that they may not know, especially about mental health that that are important for them to actually, I guess, work through and for you to know as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Or like what Shara said as well. Just as a Christian, especially being open to anything, and you know, understanding that you could marry this person and they could be completely different in the home. And you have to know how you're going to now handle that and deal with that. Just because we have these questions doesn't mean we're going to know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we should take them as the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg, They're not the whole iceberg. So I think it's also important to have that understanding. But I would definitely ask ask those questions because I need to. Um, but I think it's also important for people to know the answers. So start... Analyzing and looking at yourself, and you know, um, I was gonna say reviewing, but reflecting, you know, on how, why do I, why did I respond that way? Why do I do this? Why do I do that? So, when people do ask you those questions, you actually have things to say um, mm-hmm. because you have been thinking about them beforehand as well, um, and you're not blindsided by them. But yeah. yeah, definitely be asking those questions. Yeah, and I think Especially it requires a lot of. What did you say, Serafe? I said especially about your medical history.
1: Yeah, and I think it requires a lot of self-awareness as well, I think, because oftentimes it can be like, I just want to get married, I just want to date. But you're not actually thinking about, um, like, actually, because you don't think someone someone has to get that personal because, like, your medical history is mm. incredibly personal. Um, and I think sometimes we just don't think, oh, it's just not an area that, your fiance needs to know, like they don't need to know, like it's not, it's none of their business. But it's like, actually, it's going to be their business pretty soon. Yeah. Would you want to yeah. say something?
2: Yeah, and I think like because we really just a lot of times emphasize like the importance of being compatible, on Like in terms of like spiritually, are we yeah. walking the same way? Same way with health, are we compatible in the health health wise? And I think <sighs> some things can be resolved beforehand. Because when we get in the marriage and then you're sort of praying and trying to get God to change hands in certain things, which you can do, of course. But I think a lot of times it's how do we how do we make informed decisions about the partner that we are actually choosing? Because that's what we do and we actually get to choose the partners that we're with. So how do we make the most informed decisions about that? So we're testing out, Okay, are we are we compatible spiritually? Again, I use those that compatible terms like a bit loosely, but are we walking the same way? Are we aligned in the right way um, as much as possible? Then even, I guess, health-wise as well, um, can we actually, like, can we get married because of our health conditions or not? And sometimes we leave that to the last minute when we've all caught the feelings and it's like, oops, oh, it's too late now, let's just get married. But it's like, no. <laughs> Certain things that this is going to bring up, how can you resolve it beforehand or, how, or rather, how can you be aware of it so you can just discuss it and you know, okay, cool, here's what we're going to do regardless of this or this is the situation, that's fine, here's how we're going to think about, about it. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes we leave the leave, leave the health side a bit blindsided because it's fine. Um, Whatever happens, God is going to heal us through it or whatever happens, it won't happen to me, so it's okay or whatever happens, I'm sure when we get married, it'll be resolved. Um but then that might not be the case. And so then how do you prepare yourself to handle that um, as well?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's actually part of being a responsible adult. Like if part of like, when you're checking yourself to be like, am I am I ready for a relationship? Am I ready for this? Part of being ready is you doing your due diligence. So speaking to your family members, do you have, is there a history of diabetes, of heart, heart blood pressure, in your family, of cancers in your family, for example. If you have women in your family, you've had a history of cancer, um, especially stuff like breast cancer, being aware of certain thing, things, finding out your sickle cell genotype, um, that's part of doing your due diligence. Um, because, yeah, I think sometimes it's this other mentality that we have. It's like, oh, when health issues, or especially long-term health um, issues happen to people, while well, people have long-term health issues, oftentimes it's other people that we're hearing about, but oftentimes we don't think that could also be me. Um, so I think it's incredibly important. Like some things you wouldn't know, stuff like issues with infertility, you're not going to know that until you start trying to have a baby, unless you already have a condition where that's one of the effects. But it's important to do your due diligence. I think being not doing that is actually you being irresponsible and you not being, you not being sure, and you not actually being prepared at all. Um, so yeah, I hope this has challenged you. Um, let's say we can ask one more question because this was one question that peppers my chest and I think about constantly. What does good discipline look like for your children? How, what in your idea,
0: what, what is, what is good discipline? For me... Good discipline is when um, the child is able to know that what they did was wrong, learn why what they did was wrong, and then understand as well, like the consequences of what they did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think. Discipline is not good when the child is just afraid to do it, but they don't know why they are afraid, or they're just afraid because they're going to get into trouble. But good discipline is when the child is like, I should sleep early because if I don't, I'm going to be tired tomorrow. Do you get what I mean? So it's like, no, like, babe, you need to go to bed because if you don't, you're going to be tired. And so, go to bed now! I'll stop you. You know, because now it's like I'm only going to bed because I if I don't, mom's gonna be angry. Do you get like I, I want my children to understand why I'm I'm telling them to do certain things. I don't want them to do it out of fear. I don't want them to do it because they have to. I want them to do it because they understand why and they see the benefits and then they also understand the consequences of not doing those things. Um so I think that's what good discipline looks like for me, for my children, my future children. (laughs) (laughs)
2: No, I love that response and I think that's it. I was going to say good discipline is not fair. Um, I think a lot of I said, okay, my upbringing at the early stage was just doing things out of fear. I, my parents are going to hit me or slap me. And then <laughs> when I got fired from my work experience, I didn't get it. I was like, I didn't do anything wrong, but I was just scared of the response that I would get from, pe- from my parents. Um, but yeah it's not fair it's actually kids understanding um what they've done wrong it's not it's good discipline is also me as a parent being in control of my emotions um when I'm speaking to my child um and me and my partner being in control of, in control of our emotions because the moment we lose it then it's it's bad even even if we are in the right to discipline them in that way if I'm doing it out of anger out of being upset out of just like I don't have time to actually talk to you about it I just want to Get you out my way quickly, then that's bad discipline on my part. Um, so I think it's important to talk about these things that sometimes we get so focused on the methods. Oh, are you gonna hit your child or not hit your child? Okay, then that's that's our big deal breaker then. But it's like, okay, what is what is the aim of what you're trying to do, of the way you're wanting to instill the discipline on them? Or what is it achieving? Um, how do we how can we do this the best way to achieve the maximum response? Um, but also yeah but also make sure we're doing it in a in the right way um i'm a bit tired of when people say spare the child is it spare, spare the brothers for the child and for the child because again out of context preaching but i think we're even much more it's it's much more than that when it comes to discipline disciplining um children just think about how god christ disciplined us um It lets us learn from our mistakes It lets us actually understand What we've done is wrong Rather than just ostracising And just putting you to the side Um, And you don't do it out of fear That's why we don't want to That we're afraid of um, That we're afraid of Um, But yeah I think ultimately it's just Really, really I think faith hits it on the spot But also just Being aware of your emotions And being able to control your emotions As a parent is what good discipline looks like.
1: Absolutely. I agree. And I think I've been noticing, like, this trend of, like... No, and it's, it's sad that it's a trend um, of, like, gentle parenting. And, like, oftentimes you see people in the comments saying, oh, I'm glad that my parents, like, beat me up all the time because, you know, I would have wild out if they didn't. And I think there is... There could be a place of disciplining your child makes me feel sick but physically because some kids let's so say for example I have this nightmare of like my child leaving my hand and running to the middle of the road and I'm like oh Tommy please don't do that um what <laughs> you're gonna have died. um but I think um for a lot of people what they've experienced is that was the only discipline they received in terms of like your parents laying the rod on you but that's actually not the case um and oftentimes it's because when you see like people don't see children as like actual humans like they see them as like because if you whack your child you can't whack your co-worker like that you can't smack your partner like that but somehow with a child that's new to this world that's growing that's still learning about social etiquette and still learning so many things that seems to be like the default like you don't even be animals like that um and I think it's really important to understand that to actually look at how you were parented, right? Because you could have grown up in a really loving home and think, actually, that's how I want to, I really want to give that to my children. But if let's say, that wasn't your experience, it's important to really check yourself to think, okay, how do I behave when I'm irritated? How do I behave when I'm angry? Um, do I know how to talk to children without speaking down on them? Um, how do I encourage them to show them love create a space where they're not living charged by fear but more by confidence that their parents will make time to listen to them and to understand their point of view um and I think some people you might not think about it until you get there right and it's like oh this child is not listening this child is not this but it's like also how do you sp- speak loving words over the life of your child um Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how, yeah just how do you discipline discipline them in a way that's conducive to their growth and their development And mm-hmm. um, because a child oftentimes people see their children as an extension of themselves but it's like actually no, you know this child is god's gift to you to look after so even if this child like doesn't um behave the way that you do or don't have the same ambition that you do that's that's still a good thing um but yeah, that's a really important question, please. Because if your partner's like, no, we'll have a belt, we'll have a cane, we'll have a wire and a rod. <laughs> and you're like, I just <laughs> want to speak loving, kind words into the ears of my children. Um, yeah. Because you might not know until you get into marriage and you're like, wait, why are you throwing a
0: slipper at <laughs> your child? That is true. Yeah. And I think, I think another major thing is people really the one underestimate kids and to expect too much from them at the same time mm-hmm. so people mm-hmm. like I, I think of it like this as an adult i can pick up a cup and drop the cup and they'll smash and i'll be like oh man you know mm-hmm. sweep up, clean up a child can do the same thing and the parent is beating them up mm-hmm. ah, ah, you're so jealous you're so this you're so that Well, well, you've done the same as a grown man, as a grown woman. So I think of at times we expect too much from children. We actually forget that they're still learning. They're still growing. They Mm -hmm. don't do things because they are trying to be out of malice. They're trying to be malicious. They do them because they don't know better. Mm -hmm. And how do they know better for next time? It's by teaching them better. Imagine Mm -hmm. going to university And your lecturer was mocking you for not knowing the content he's supposed to teach you. You you wouldn't want to go back. You'd be embarrassed. You'd be ashamed. You'd feel afraid. You'd be scared. Like, oh, is he really going to pick me today? Again today? Do you get what I mean? And like doing the same to kids, like kids end up growing up, they, they don't want to make mistakes because they've never been given the room to make mistakes. They don't want to mm-hmm. be wrong because they've never been allowed to be wrong. They've always been supposed to be right. But how are you supposed to be right when you don't know what's right? And then on mm-hmm. the other hand, we estimate kids as well, because kids are really smart. Like I was watching a video of this child is probably two. A two-year-old getting out of its its cut by literally pulling the thing back, oh, stepping yeah. out, and then he straightened it to look like nothing happened <laughs> and I was like, oh, shoot. that that is a problem solving skill right there he said I have a problem I need to get out he got out and he said how can I make sure nobody knows how I got out <laughs> hold the thing back to straighten it so that they don't know how he got out and walked away so kids are also smart So when we're we're speaking to them, when we're communicating with them, they're actually able to understand the things that we're saying. They're able to take these things in. They're able to learn and apply them. But we have to continuously communicate these things to them because not everything sticks the first time, right? So sometimes it's, it's about reinforcing the same things over and over again for them to fully and truly understand and also finding safe ways for them to learn, safe ways for them to do things. But if our response is always to punish them, our response is always to hit them, yeah. they're not even going to want to learn. When they don't know something, they're not going to want to come to us because they're going to be too scared. They're going to be afraid. And nobody wants to scare a child because that's not pretty. It's not fun. Yeah. I want funny children. You
1: have
0: to make me laugh. Like
2: that's <laughs> your
1: job. And also another thing is that people's brains develop. There's a reason why kids legally can't make certain decisions about their own lives until they reach a certain age is because their brain hasn't reached a certain level of development yet, where maybe they don't even understand some of the consequences of their own actions. Um, but really, like, it's not just like, we're not just talking about infants here, but like, even if they're 10, 12, 11, 13 years old, they're still children for a reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those important things to, to to ask your spouse, also to ask your friends, because some of your friends might be wrong and they need to know, that some of the things that they believe is very somehow um so i hope this has been entertaining and interesting for you to listen to if you have any questions for us um ask away and we'll be more than happy to to expand on it but yeah thank you all so much for joining and listening and we shall see you on the next episode bye, bye.
0: So this has been The Sound Seed. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to keep pursuing truth through conversation and community. See you on the next episode.